Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Your Saturday morning tradition since 1988. Welcome to hour number three of our weekly radio broadcast, the 10 o'clock hour. We call this one our open home hour, open to you, the Arizona homeowner, whatever you want to talk about your home, castle, or cabin. You can text today, probably the best way to communicate, 411-923, or you can email info at rosieonthehouse.com. Or if you want to see producer Gary hit the roof, everybody call right now at the same time, one 767 4348 That's 1-888-ROSIE for you. We don't have a call screener today. We're doing a little traveling, wrapping up the summer season. So uh, text and email, probably the best, but you can still try and sneak in on the phone line. Just be patient and hold. It'll be a little bit longer than uh, normal screening time while we get your information and your question up on the board. one 767 or text 411-923. This hour, our 10 o'clock hour, all of our radio affiliates join us live. CAF, Country, and Flagstaff. <laughs> KTAR in Phoenix, going south here, KNST in Tucson, KGVY and Green Valley, whether you're listening on terrestrial radio or you're streaming from one of our affiliates. Glad you've found Rosie on the house and you're spending your Saturday morning with us. Our goal this hour is to address the questions that uh, you might have about maintaining, managing your home, castle or cabin or improving it. Maybe you've got uh, a little bit of a roof leak might have happened recently or other types of storm damage and you've got a proposal and you have some questions on it and think oh I'd like somebody to talk this through we can help talk you through that or if you've uh, one of the people that have recently found homeschooling and you're a little tight on space and you're trying to rework the blueprint of your home and find some more space for the students at home. But, you know, it may not be a long-term solution, even if it is through the end of their schooling career. That's still not a forever uh, improvement or layout that you might want. So how to best utilize that space could do that. We could talk about, uh, you know, how thankful we are to be in Arizona. This story I've had for a couple weeks, and we've just been so busy on the broadcast. Uh, A lot of times, you know, we'll grab stories and articles for fillers or for openers, uh, but we'll get overrun with live questions. So we don't want to ever keep those waiting any longer than we have to. But I've had this as an opener and it's uh, Vortex Volts. Vaults, excuse me, Vortex Vaults. A couple weeks ago, had a horrible situation in Florida where a a condo collapsed. And I don't see, and I I didn't want to see the the final death toll on that, but we obviously lost life there. And what would happen if you were in a condo situation or you were worried about that or you lived in a high-rise and you did wake up to a collapsing building? There are beds, hurricane, earthquake beds uh, that are designed. Imagine this, and I'm joined with Bruce Stumble of Rosie Wright Remodeling. Thanks for jumping down here this Saturday morning. Thank you for having me. Can you imagine living somewhere where you go to sleep on a bed knowing that 
you may wake up in what I would compare to a coffin. Yeah, I've seen those. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, every time I've seen them, I've thought, well, that would be a very unpleasant way to wake up. But I suppose it's better than having the roof fall on you. So so what this bed does is it detects earthquake tremors. And if it determines it's a threat level, you basically, it drops you under your mattress mm-hmm. and it has a protective lid over it and it's built to withstand you know, the weight of a crumbling building right. coming down on top of you. And inside this bed, you've got, uh, you know, and, and they'll provide it with you or you get your own. You've got food and water and a light. And uh, I think I'd have a radio. Yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, Maybe a uh, charger for some, your cell phone. Some way a communication <laughs> method, you know, to hopefully get out of that rumble because the paranoid side of me think, well, you know, trapped in there. If nobody gets to me for four days, right, uh, and I end up perishing in here, it'd have been better just to have the <laughs> have concrete fall with. on me and get over right away Sounds instead terrible, of extending but... this for a week yeah. and dying slowly. But uh, if you're in a hurricane area, so vortex vaults, and why I high centered on this one, it's American made out of Oklahoma, and there's a lot of great. Uh, different designs they have, and it's not just beds, uh, but they've got one that's a workshop. So if you're out in your garage, you can jump underneath your workstation. And again, most of these things, most every Arizona homeowners don't want to, uh, won't have to worry about, but it's available. And if you have family in a high-risk zone, you know, you can share that with them. And if you're they're looking for a solution, there's a couple... uh, They've got a lot of different great products that are all American-made. A couple of texts that have already come in this morning. The stucco under a couple of my eaves appears to be damaged and missing by woodpeckers. How do I fix it? Any ideas to prevent it afterwards? And this is coming in from Bill and Gilbert. That's the never-ending story. How do I keep the woodpeckers away from my stucco? Um, yeah, that's a that's a tough one. There's You'll see people with, you know old CDs for those of us still have some of those dangling, trying to keep them away, uh, which whether you have an HOA or not, may or may not like that. Um, You definitely have to try to get those guys away from there. Um, There's all kinds of stuff you would find. I think ultimately most people are going to go to a pest company. So, you know. And there's not a lot even they can do other than sell you or rent you deterrence because woodpeckers are protected Protected. by the Arizona Game and Fish Department. And they're generally speaking um, only problematic during mating season Mm -hmm. when they're trying to establish their territory. Nonetheless, we don't want them establishing their territory on the side of our our stucco. Right. So a lot of times what you can do they love metal because it makes a louder sound. If- <laughs> yeah, and uh, I have a woodpecker for the past four springs that have been tapping on my aluminum siding. Uh-huh. Uh, those Gila woodpeckers, yeah. they show no mercy. I've I've been in empty houses with no one else walking around, you know, looking at things, taking notes, taking pictures, and woodpecker has taken that very moment <laughs> with complete silence and by myself to start hammering away on the top of the gas fireplace, and it sounds like a machine gun just went off And, and especially when it's uh, when the sun's up at 520 peak during uh-huh. the summer, you're sound asleep, 5 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> yep. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so your best 
option in a lot of cases is to just find something else for him to drum on. Mm. And you can go to the grocery store and find the biggest canned food thing you can. A lot of times that's going to be like uh, salsa or potato Mm -hmm. sauce, you know, something that's like a one-gallon aluminum can, something nice and big and shiny for him to see. Bring it home, empty that uh, contents of whatever's in it into a mason jar or whatever, rinse it out, take even the if if it's got like a paper wrapping Mm -hmm. on it, whatever branding, take that off, turn it upside down, stick it out in the yard where it's bright and shiny and he can see it. It's going to annoy the heck out of you hearing that, (laughs) but it's not costing you all the repair money that this is going to, Mm -hmm. uh, that you're going to, that uh, Bill and Gilbert here is going to have to spend to repair that stucco. Yeah. And just as regarding the repairs, part of that's going to depend on how big those holes are. You know, if they're small holes, um, I mean, they make it pretty easy these days. You can get a pre-mix stucco, you know, patch from, you know, most of the big box stores, hardware stores. You could go to a a masonry supplier um, that's easy. But if they're big, if that styrofoam's gone and it's all the way down and you can see the, you know, typically OSB, you know, which a a lot of people say plywood, um, underneath that stucco, yeah, you probably don't want to just slap more stucco on over the top because stucco does absorb um, water and releases it over time. So um, in that case, you know, unless you've got some experience with doing everything, it's probably a time to uh, try to get a hold of the stucco contractor and, and see if you can get on their schedule. So. I, I think we, if you're thinking about getting rid of the problem completely, I want to let you know Gila woodpeckers are protected. Yep. So yeah. you cannot harm them. Yeah, you, you may not go out there with a, a BB gun and <laughs> shoot at them. If uh, if anyone finds out, you're going to find yourself in a world of trouble. So just don't do it. And they're smart and they're fast. Mm-hmm. If uh, I, I don't, I'd, I'd be impressed if anyone could ever get a Gila <laughs> yeah. woodpecker with a BB gun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, uh, don't don't that, try that, it, folks. That, it's not worth it. You, you got to sit in your Gila suit sniper position <laughs> for three hours without moving or blinking. <laughs> sit behind a bush a... going, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I yeah, hear don't... you calling. Yeah. <laughs> the next texter, it says, by the way, Gary, you're welcome for the text instead of the phone call. It says, I'm doing yard work. And the grass, ar- down. <laughs> <laughs> grass around my fruit trees is driving me nuts. Is it a bad idea to cover the area away from the tree and not up against the tree and plastic to help kill the grass? You guys were talking about solarizing and using plastics uh, and farm fields. Can I do this around my fruit tree? Um, It's a landscape area has about four inches of wood chips. So you absolutely can solarize it. I will tell you, um, you have to keep to kill Bermuda grass, which is what I'm assuming it is. It's a 480 number. And he's talking about fruit trees, so it's not probably a high elevation. Probably, from what I've seen, up to six months on there. And in that case, you wouldn't want to keep that on around your tree that long uh, because you're going to trap in the moisture and you need that uh, evapotransportation for the, the cycle of the tree. So you can do it in maybe sections at a time. But what I would tell you is ultimately going to be best, just pick a day a weekend, let's say you're going to do it on Saturday. Thursday, turn your water on. Leave it on all day. Maybe even Friday too. 
and then go out there and hand dig it up. You may have to go as deep as 18 inches, mm-hmm. maybe not digging that deep, but that's how Breaking deep. And- you know, you may be pulling from 12 inches and getting right. a six-inch right. <laughs> stem below. That's really ultimately going to be your best way to get that out. Just soak it and get down there by knees and hand pull it out. Um, there are organic weed killers. Bonide makes one that's got neem oil in it, um, and you can apply it a couple times. But you'll see it, 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 it's a great at killing the foliage, but Bermuda grass root system is extremely impressive. Mm. And if you really, really want to assure you're going to eliminate it, soak it, spend a, a couple hours on your hands and knees pulling that out, and then you may only have to do that once every two or three years. who wrote that song had no idea he, he made that for rosie on the house 20 <laughs> years before it ever started broadcasting what a what an insightful man he must yeah. have been <laughs> yeah it's uh that's a fun song just <laughs> dancing around over here uh next texter from uh at 411923 wants to know what is your opinion of ductless air conditioner and i'll let bruce start with that one yeah. but what they're talking about ductless Mm -hmm. it's a two-part system one part outside one part inside there is a connection between them Mm -hmm. but it's just a copper pipe it's not an air duct all the air that's being air conditioned on a traditional one that is cooling in the cabinet inside the closet and Mm -hmm. then it's pushed through these ducts of air yeah flexible or metal duct in an older house and well or some newer houses, but and if it's going through the attic, and you don't have a, you know, and it's above the insulation mm-hmm. line, you know, the attic temperatures in the hundred and forty plus in the heat of the summer, and so you're moving this air through a very hot space before right. it enters your home. A ductless one, it's cooling it all inside mm-hmm. your already air conditioned home, below the insulation line. Yeah, right, right in the room you want it. So they're. A ductless system uh, is most commonly referred to as a mini split. Um, They've been popular overseas for a long time, um, especially in places that have never had central cooling or heating because there's no existing ductwork to upgrade systems. So uh, like you said, there's there's still a small, typically very small uh, condensing unit outside, but and then there's a head unit, which kind of takes the place of the traditional you know, box in your closet or, or in your attic yeah. or, mm-hmm. um, and it pumps out the cool air right there. Um, they're great, um, for a, a number of applications, um, garages. I have one in my garage. They're fantastic. Um, most of them, even the inexpensive ones are a very high sear rating. And if you spend a little bit more money, you can easily get, um, 
20 plus sear for a system that's not all that expensive. Um, you know, Rosie always tells people that he used to have a swamp cooler in his garage and he switched over to a, a mini split, uh, had one of the certified partners come over and do that. And it was actually less expensive to run that mini split than it was to run his swamp cooler. So um, they're great. Uh, I've seen a lot of people use them in homes. If they've just got a problem room that's always warm and they've tried just about everything they can within their budget, um, you know, short of tearing all the walls apart and taking off the outside siding and completely, you know, going above and beyond with, uh, you know, insulation on the outside of the house and that sort of thing. Um, they can be great for addressing problem areas for, you know, you're still going to probably be at least $5,000 into it, plus or minus a bit, depending on what you pick and installation, you know, how far away they have to run the line set and all that. But, um, they're they're great and they just keep improving. Uh, they have systems where you can run multiple of those fan units, the boxes you put in your room off of one condenser. Um, they have uh, cassette style ones now that actually fit in the ceiling, so it almost looks like a traditional ceiling mounted supply register. So they're becoming more and more low profile. You know, a lot of people see them and they they say, oh, I don't want that big ugly thing on my wall. Well, they're working on that. So they're they're a great system for for a lot of applications. And if you have a twelve by twelve room and put in a mini split, you're going to get cold. Oh yes, really fast. Oh yes, and you get really cold. So you'll appreciate them. Very energy efficient. They are. And the key is the the size that you're trying to cool. Mm -hmm. It's not designed to do 3,000 square no. feet. They're designed, you know, anywhere from, you know, I, I think the biggest I've seen is like, is it 500 square feet maybe? Yeah. It might even be a little bigger, but I, it, it's not a whole home solution no. in most You'd cases. You'd have to have multiple units in that case. And and that's that's an efficient way to run it mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Um You'll just have to do a cost evaluation. What does it right. cost to replace my existing unit or put in two or three mini splits and run them as needed? And if my history and memory and facts are correct, this technology uh, is very similar to tankless water heaters where it, it came from Japan out of the, you know, they've got a lot of people and not a lot of space. Mm -hmm. And they grow vertical there just right. because they don't have the land to expand like we do. As, as with population growth. So they needed a solution to cool very narrow, small, tight spaces. And that was uh, a, a method that was designed out of just necessity. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised at all. So I saw them a lot overseas. One triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight Rosie for you. If you do want to join the conversation during bottom of the hour news is the best time to jump on the line because there'll be uh We'll be able to help Gary out with call screening, or you can send your text questions into 411-923, and we've got our weekly to-do as well. Well, as you can tell, regular listeners are notice they haven't heard Rosie today he is on the road but I will tell you what hasn't changed the number of four trucks that are sitting out in the parking lot today for the broadcast yeah yeah I uh, pulled up in my f-152 that was purchased from <laughs> Sanderson Ford Sanderson Ford so when you hear us talking about how we send all of our relatives to I hadn't said it Bruce is my brother-in-law and uh 
Well, I get you're always a Marine. Most Marines are always a Marine and uh, Marine service and works, does all. So what, what, what is your title? Are you, are you uh, like, so <laughs> it's hold, changed I'm, just like I'm every... uh, wearing a lot of hats these <laughs> days. So still project manager, um, as uh, many people heard uh, for the uh, Independence Day show, we had Sephora on who's come on. So she's uh, our newest project manager. So um, but project managing, uh, sales consulting. And then uh, slowly spending a little more time in the office trying to keep up with all of that stuff. So uh, we we haven't added on another title yet, which is just fine with me. Bruce Mann of Mini Hats. We've got him in a Sanderson Ford F-150. And then our uh, infield uh Supervisor Don Breeze, of course, driving another Sanderson Ford F-150. It's not by accident. And it's not by accident Sanderson Ford's number one. If car buying's on your to-do... Sanderson Ford, 51st Avenue in Glendale. No matter where in the great state of Arizona you are, it's worth the drive to Sanderson Ford to just be treated right. But got to be today. Never open on Sunday. We've got our weekly to-do that we have in our third segment here of the 10 o'clock hour. But we've got a couple calls. Let's knock them out real quick. And uh, you're going to – I can't bring them in because the buttons on my side don't work. Who do you want us to take first, Gary? Why don't we go to Pauline? She has an interesting question here. Let me lock her in right, and Pauline say... Pauline in Casa Grande and then Bruce in Tucson. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I am a loyal listener, so this is why I resorted to calling Rosie on the house for this question. I am um, currently having a new home build, and Thursday we went through the wiring and electrical and plumbing walkthrough. Um, prior to um, drywall installation, which is supposed to be done next week. I noticed that in the hall restroom, uh, there's two restrooms, but in the hall restroom, we're having a tub installed. And I've been in the home before, and the drain pipe that where your water would go down through the foundation into the waste and so on, um, that looked normal before the tub was installed. After the tub was installed, I looked behind there just to see how much room I had and stuff like that. I noticed that the foundation had been um, drilled out in probably a good 18-inch circumference and partially filled in with um, uh, cement, and they had um, re-piped what would I, what I would have expected the water to go down as all the other drains do, but they repiped it to go now and redirected it to go out through, I guess, um, uh, an adjacent wall or the exterior wall, uh, by the, uh, where the sink is going to be. And my concern is the foundation. Um, and the what they had to do to that foundation. And our my superintendent guy said um, they do that with all the homes. Yeah, well, um, with all the homes, I've that sounds like a line. <laughs> um, building a home is is a very co- complex thing. I mean, there's a lot of it's simple, but it's very precise. I guess precise is a better word. Right over complex, um, and. You have a lot of trades involved, and one mistake by one trade could really lead to a lot of problems for other trades. If you're off a quarter of an inch for here, 
you know, you're off a quarter of an inch over there. And so being plumb and square and having everything line up perfectly, it takes a lot of meticulous time and precision. And what it sounds like is who the people that were doing the underground plumbing that put in the drain, they're following the blueprints and they piped the drain up where it's supposed to be, but they were off by whatever size you saw demolition. So when the tub comes and it gets installed and they set it there, the drain is offset in the concrete from where it needs to be for the tub to line up with it. Yeah. And they could move the tub, but then you've already got the mm-hmm. wall plumb because you mentioned electrical. Mm-hmm. So all the all the walls are already framed because you've got the electrical lines run through there. Moving that wall becomes very complicated. Mm-hmm. And so it's easier to cut the concrete, reset the drain to the right location and then backfill and there's nothing wrong with that no no this is um so obviously in a new home you know if you're not familiar with it it'll look kind of alarming um but this happens in just about every bathroom remodel that exists um drains need to be moved um you know people are changing the size of the shower that sort of thing so for for a um slab in the house to be cut out, um, saw cut or cord or whatever for a drain to be moved is, is not, 99% of the time is not going to be a concern. So that that's pretty common. And you mentioned slab, and that's something else I wanted to bring up, Pauline, is you said foundation. The concrete slab is not your foundation. The foundation is what's directly underneath your load-bearing walls. And underneath right. that concrete four-inch slab at the, at the wall, there's a much bigger concrete footing underneath it Mm -hmm. that is poured in place so your structural foundation is around the edge of your home Mm -hmm. the slab inside i mean you could saw cut your entire slab out right and be absolutely fine yeah as long as it's not a (laughs) post-tension slab (laughs) but even then we do remodels in post-tension slab houses where we do saw cutting you just have to be very careful we bring in ground penetrating radar identify where everything is how deep it is where we can cut where we can't so even in those conditions you can cut a a concrete slab but congratulations on the new home and hope uh it's everything you anticipate it to be and uh you're at electrical what do you think she's going to be moving in i my time frame and construction Gosh, is so I'd, off yeah skew. production builds right now i just don't know where they're at i mean those guys still usually move pretty quick you know if you're a production builder you can't take a year to build a house so um you know my guess would be and this is a guess so this is not a promise to anything but i'm guessing she's going to be in within a couple of months you know maybe a little longer than that but if you have any more questions along the way, thanks for uh, what you said, being a loyal listener. You know the number. Call us back, and we'll help you any way we can. Let's go to Bruce in Tucson. We were talking mini splits earlier, and he wanted to continue on that conversation. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. My question is this. I'm considering putting in a mini split in my garage, um, and I'm trying to figure out how much um, – electricity it's going to take to run that per month it says to see whether i'm interested in doing it and um, i realize that there's different sears i've installed a few of them myself um with a dial and i've I put in a bunch of uh, mirages also myself on some some other property but i've never figured out how um how much it actually costs to run one mm-hmm. and i real uh, so, so that's my question is how do i figure figure that out 
So um, I can see if I want to put one in my garage. Romy, do you want me to? Uh, so <laughs> well, you there, put one in your garage. I did. Yeah, uh, Bruce, uh, great name by the way. Um, <laughs> I put one in my garage. Um, so the first thing, there's a very basic calculation. Um, you know, obviously there's some variables in it, but this can help you. You have to take uh, the kilowatt hours um, that that air conditioner is listed that it's going to use or is going to use, and. It's probably not going to tell you in kilowatts. It's going to tell you how many volts and amps. Yeah, you, so you're you're going to have to, uh, and I don't have all those off the top of my head. Math was not my favorite subject. So, <laughs> um, but what you basically have to do is you have to figure out the kilowatt hours that it's going to use, um, you, you know, kilowatts per hour, and multiply it by the kilowatts per hour unit cost. And the unit cost is going to be the unit cost from your power company. So that. You know, it can be some variables um, depending on time of day, if you're on, you know. On peak, uh, off on peak. On peak, off peak, that sort of thing. But you take the kilowatt hours that you figure out from the unit, multiply it by the kilowatt hour unit cost, and that should give you the cost to operate that air conditioner for, for one hour. And that would be constant running, which when you have it on in a garage, unless you've really gone above and beyond, got that insulation in the space above it, got an insulated garage door, done some extra weather stripping, um, they're going to run a little more than a garage than if you put it in an inside home office. Yeah. And there's a website called Rapid Tables. It has all kinds of great converter calculator mm-hmm. tables uh, that you can go to. So select the unit you want. You'll need the volts and the amps that the unit uh, runs at. Plug it in and it'll calculate it. And then I'll give you your kilowatt hour per one hour. Mm-hmm. And then go to your power bill and find out you know, how many kilowatt, what your cost per kilowatt hour mm-hmm. is being charged. Um, and, and that can be you know, anywhere from $0.04 cents to $0.20 cents based on your utility provider and if you're on peak or off peak. So if it's... Even on the high end, if you want to run it two hours in the afternoon while you're out there, you know, twenty cents an hour, forty cents to run a mini split. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned uh, you also uh, when we were before we took you on air, we were screening that you have a a vap cooler as well. Well, one thing that I really think we need to do a better job of job of driving home is energy savings is also water savings. So not only are you, if you go that route, you know, calculate what you're not using in your water mm-hmm. consumption on an evap cooler, and that evap cooler is probably costing you more than mm-hmm. that 20 cents an hour is anyway. So not only are you running a very efficient and comfortable unit, you're saving additional water, water resources as well. As well. Yeah. One additional thing to calculate in energy savings is water savings. Uh, and that's something we'll continue to talk about during this whole water month at Rosie on the House, but not in our open home hour. Uh, I say that, and then our weekly to do is uh, being prepared for flash flash. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a different kind of water. Yeah, kind of water that's the water you don't want. Yeah, that's not the kind you want to save. No. Or your car. Oh, flash flood. And, uh, Mainly as this article relates to your home, is a flash flood hap- you know, inside your roof. If you've got a roof leak or a uh, some kind of storm damage, mm. a, a window leak, a sidewall leak, whatever the case may be, we put this together 
18 months ago, so we didn't know this was going to be coming after the fact uh, of when we got most of our, well, hopefully not most of our. Yeah, hopefully rains, we get some more. Hopefully it wasn't, it, we didn't know it was going to be two weeks after the facts. And if you were going to experience uh, flood damage, you probably already have. But that's at rosieonthehouse.com. You can just click on the quick links and it talks you through the things to be for. And Susan found a couple neat things and weather, weather services there and alerts that you can sign up for uh, if one's coming to your particular area. Last segment here, Rosie on the house, and we have somebody taking us to task on our answer on the lady with the bathtub. Mm -hmm. He said they didn't cut the lady's slab; they used a two by two box out on the on yeah, the line. That that can be the case, but the only thing there is that, and it's possible she just didn't notice it before. But she mentioned that she hadn't seen anything like yeah, that. Yeah, she so, said but it yeah, was there, they, and then it was cut and moved. Yeah, it, and especially she mentioned that the tub had been installed, so you're not typically going to see the box out unless it's where, if it's a freestanding tub and there's going to be a filler, then maybe there was a small box out for the, where the water supply is coming up to the filler because that's outside of the tub typically with those. But um, yeah, it that uh, you don't usually see the box out once the tub goes down if you're talking about around the drain. So, and what they mean by box out is in a production build, you may let's say you're doing ten thousand homes. That's that's a lot. Let's say one hundred fifty homes, yeah. and you order X tub. They don't have one hundred fifty of those. So you got seventy of these, thirty of those, mm -hmm. fifty of these, and they're drains all might be slightly different and you're not sure which one's going into which house when they're pouring the slab they leave a two by two foot square with the plumbing <clears throat> drain so that when the tub comes to that location then they can fit it to mm -hmm. where it needs to be <clears throat> and then finish your concrete filling so it it leaves them a margin of error uh so that when it, it's ready they can finish the final precision precision setting to make sure the water's going where it needs to be down your drain yeah underground plumbing's uh tough when you don't have any walls or anything there you know everyone's as precise as possible but for new builds um you know and we we do some additions and stuff and and you know obviously we haven't done full-on new build recently but um, it's tough, you know, it, there's a lot of planning and everything that goes into it, but something might be a couple inches off. So yeah, those, those box outs are, are, uh, common and very handy. And she did say the foreman said they do that on all of them. So maybe it was. So it could have been. Kinda, yeah. Kinda, yeah. Either way, nothing to worry about. No, no. Another question, super cooling this week. It's great. Should I super cool during off peak weekend, Saturday and Sunday, there's no on peak off peak. And then followed up by saying, I'd rather keep the temperature at 79. Well, then no. Yeah. You just keep it at 79 yeah. and you'll if be that's fine. that's what you're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. So super cooling is a way to play the energy game on on-peak, off-peak. You run your air conditioning as cool as you can possibly make it. Um, yeah, and then let it let When it it's the out. cheapest. And then you run it very little during the... On peak when it's more expensive, and that way, and, and the concept is you've got so much stored cooling that it doesn't need to run at all mm. during on peak. 
because you've cooled it down to, let's say, 68 degrees, mm. and then you set it during on-peak not to kick on till it hits 78 degrees. So you've got that whole time where you've got this gradual creep. Mm-hmm. And the hope is by the time it's back down to off-peak, your air conditioner hasn't had to run mm-hmm. at all. And <laughs> uh, Parsons, I'm getting corrected by textures on 59th Avenue in Northern. I think I said 67, so sorry. Yeah. 50, oh, 59th Avenue. <laughs> when you hungry, area. you'll find yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Bob says, the breakfast sandwich from Queen Creek Bistro is the goat. Hmm. So there's a couple more suggestions if you're out and about and look, find something local and enjoy. We have, um, oh, Mike and Rhonda's in Flagstaff, another suggestion. See, people react when we talk about... I know. Food. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, food, uh, food is fun. Uh, a new product I have kept out is a, a very cost-effective way. If you've got a multi-home, there is a, an, a couple elevator companies in town, but it can, adding an elevator if you're trying to age in place and get up to your second story, um, that, that can be a very expensive oh, proposition. Yes. But... View lift is a what a very in a, a very efficient way to and in a very stylish way to add an elevator. It is a cylinder and it's glass. You can see right through it, and you just walk in and it's a tube mm-hmm. and it lifts you up with air pressure. A very efficient way if you were looking to age in place and not go over this massive expense of you know designing a a full on elevator into your home. Yeah. We had a, a my grandmother. Uh, great-grandmother in, uh, gosh, Mandeville, Covington. Mandeville. Con- Covington. Yeah. Had a tri-level, and you know, we'd roll the wheelchair in there, and she'd have to face it, and you'd run down and have to pull mm-hmm. her out. And that was always just, man, <laughs> the, the thought of just being in there and relying on someone pulling you in yeah. and out always made me a little claustrophobic. Mm. But mm. this one's completely glass, so you can see through it the whole time. And... Uh, and it's pneumatically pressured, so it, it, it's very cost. It's kind of fun to looking too. It looks like a, uh, a a bank tube, you know, when you pull up to the drive-through and they put the little cylinder and it sucks it into the bank. That's, yeah. that's what it reminds me of. <laughs> and suddenly, grandkids will start showing up, going, "Can we take a ride in yeah, this, Grandma?" Yeah, this it cool. looks like a ride practically. <laughs> so that's uh, we'll put that link on the archive page at rosieonthehouse.com. And then the last little just heads up: watch out for shrinkflation. Inflation sneaky cousin is on the rise, and that's where you may have. You know what I always equate this to is the guy with the Jimmy Dean sausage, who, you know, got mad that they went from 16 ounces of pork sausage down to 12 ounces, <laughs> but the price stayed the same. <laughs> if you haven't heard that clown sound clip, just search Jimmy Dean sausage uh, complaint, and it is hilarious. So as you're out purchasing things and items, and you're calculating your cost, just look out for shrinkflation. Rosie on the house.com between now and next week if you've got questions about your home castle or cabin.